This week's episode of the Run, Eat, Drink podcast is sponsored by Pure Creative Apparel. From logo design to specialty clothing to branded merchandise, the team at Pure Creative Apparel can take your ideas and bring them to life. You can find out more at purecreativeapparel.com. And we thank Pure Creative Apparel for sponsoring this week's show. Welcome to the Run, Eat, Drink podcast. We feature destination races from across the country. And after the race, we take you on a tour of the best local food and beverage to celebrate. So whether you are an elite runner or a back of the packer like us, you'll know the best places to accomplish, explore, and indulge on your next runcation. Welcome to... The Runny Drink Podcast, episode 65. Six, five. I am your host, Amy. And I am your trusted sidekick, Dana. Yes. Welcome this week. We're so glad you're here with us. We really are. We hope that your long runs and races have been going well. And that you were able to avoid the heat if you were under that heat wave that was affecting the... Um, I think the bottom southeastern third of the United States. Yeah, we really expected our training run this weekend to be pretty humid and hot. And it was. Mm -hmm. Yes, but we had a great place to do it. We did. We did. So we have... Some good stuff to talk about. I mean, um, not not a training or a travel run week for us. No. So uh, we did a little bit of local travel to right. vary it up. So we've got some great stuff for folks this week, I think. Mm-hmm. Yes, we do. But uh, yeah, um, when, when you don't have, uh, when you don't have a big race coming up, you know, what are you doing to keep things fresh? What are you doing things to keep, training interesting you know it's nice to have a a tried and true trail or course in your neighborhood or nearby home that you can use when you need to get mileage in and stay safe and you know exactly what the mileage is and you can trust it but to vary it up is always good in training and when you've got local 5Ks or 10Ks that you can jump in on at relatively short notice, yes, it's kind of nice to be able to do that. And that's exactly what we did this week, knowing that we had a, I'd say I call it a long run. When you get it into is. when you get into double digits, even if it's just in double digits like ours was, I call that a pretty long run. We did a 10 miler this week. 10 miles. <laughs> 10 miles. Yeah. Okay. Um, we didn't run it in Gross Point, though. I'm sorry. <laughs> but that is one of my favorite 80s, 90s movies. Oh, 90s. I believe that's either 90s or early 2000s, referencing the 80s and it's 90s, 90s a lot. Yes. Ooh. Yes. Lots of 80s nostalgia, which you know we love. But yes. But 1990s. Okay, I'll quit it. It's a 10-mile <laughs> run. We did eight and a half on our last long run, and then we had uh, three-mile in between. You know, so you're not running the long runs every week as a part of our training plan. Yeah, we talk about the Galloway method a lot here when we're in groups on Facebook. Um, we we follow the plans that that Jeff sets for. Yes, I follow the plan Jeff sets for Amy. <laughs> Typically, I, I run with her. Yes. Um, 
and then during the week I'll sometimes just kind of do my own because I, I know what I'm wanting to hit as far as your total short miles runs. during the week. Yeah. Like your, yeah. I, I think you do more of the drills, like the acceleration gliders and the, and the cadence drills than I do. During the week I'm trying to hit 30 to 45 minutes uh, twice, like Tuesday, Thursday, Monday, Wednesday, depending on the work schedule and all of that. But mixed in there will be the drills. Yeah. Yeah. So this week, Jeff prescribed a 10-miler for us or for Amy. And we decided, well, we have pounded out the mileage (laughs) here in the neighborhood quite a lot here recently. Mm -hmm. And we wanted a break from that. Yes. And thinking back to the Tampa beer run, the very first time we did it, when we went back to do the winter edition, and when you went to do it last week, mm-hmm. it that course and that park is something we don't have near our home, but it's not too far from us. No, and in, in our city, we live here in southwest Florida, um, we don't have uh, a park that has any shade where you can go and run, really. So the linear park that we have here is great. It's about um, the section we like to run is about a three mile section of it. And there's there's trees along it, but sure. they, don't, they don't create any shade. No. Um, and it is a linear park, so it's always an out and back. Right. And I had made mention of the fact uh, to Amy that, hey, while I was at the Tampa Beer Run, I got this flyer and they were doing another run in Tampa this weekend. And it's the same organization. Exactly. Well, Fun Runs? Uh, Fun Runs LLC. LLC. I think they're the race organizer. Mm-hmm. Um, they were doing this this race called the Ice Cream Run. Yay, a 5K. Back in Al Lopez Park where we were at last weekend for, or where I was at last weekend for the podcast. And this time it was benefiting the Children's Hospital. Yes, John Hopkins All Children's Hospital. That's That was the beneficiary. So... We got to talking during the week, and I said, well, you know, it's just a quick up and back. We could go up there, uh, get there a little early, get some miles in ahead of race time, and then when race time hits, we finish our run, and then we're done. Right, and there's ice cream at the end. There may not be beer, but there's ice cream. And we can always go find beer. Yeah. So we did. We said, you know what? We got to do the run anyway. Mm-hmm. It'd be nice to do kind of a fun Race to support a great charity. Yes. Why not? That's always a good thing. So we loaded up the car and off we went. I and got off work. We went. Then headed up there. Um, <laughs> we got a, a room the night before. Um, got some great dinner at the Columbia Restaurant, which we've also uh, featured on the show. Yes. In fact, on the first episode, if you uh-huh. go back and check that out, we which actually I have linked in the show you. notes for yeah, this we, week. We show you some amazing food from a Tampa staple, which is the the Columbia Restaurant. Oh, my goodness. Um, and over the years, the Columbia has expanded throughout Florida. There are multiple locations, one yes. in Sarasota, I believe one in St. Augustine. Orlando. Orlando. The Tampa Airport. Uh, the Tampa Airport and the Tampa Bay Riverwalk. Mm-hmm. as well so um, it is a, a fantastic place they always do their food right that <sighs> is not our food portion of the show but no again, go back or check the show notes and go back and watch that segment the uh that was kind of our first experiment with doing video so you know 
look past some of the audio yes. and check out the and food. And the video. It and is the commentary. fantastic and cannot recommend them enough. Oh, they're so great. And I feel like we're just... We're just weeks away from celebrating our second anniversary, and I know we've talked about that on the last couple of episodes, but I think that that just gave me the ability to flash back to the time when we started our little podcast, and the run in Al Lopez Park gave me the ability to, hey, you know, like, it was a great idea to get the long run done there, mm-hmm. but also just to relive the course and... You know, like when we were running the 5K, like, oh, there, there was a beer stop here. There was a beer stop there, you know. She so. had FOMO, guys. I did. That's really what it comes down to. Aww. Amy had a, a, a raging case of fear of missing out because she didn't make the Tampa beer run the week before. So you're looking out for me. I did. Yeah. So we got up there and, uh, yeah, you know, it's exactly the same course that we talked about last weekend for the Tampa Beer Run. The Al Lopez Park, which is right near the Tampa Stadium, is a closed loop mm-hmm. course, most of which is under oak canopy. Oh, my gosh. So you have a nice shady course. Yeah. It can get hot Flat. depending on what the weather was like. And like I mentioned in, in our little intro, the... Most of the country, or at least most of the southeastern United States, was under heat uh, heat wave advisories. And I think that they were saying that the projected heat index in Tampa was going to be about 105. Oh, Lord. So we decided we were going to get there real early. And we did. We got there two hours early ahead of the 845 start, and we got out and pounded out uh, about the first seven miles or so of our run. Mm -hmm. So basically, we did those first seven Lined up, knocked out the 5K, and we were done. Yeah. So, and we got ice cream at the end of it. Yeah. Ha-ha. Instead of setting up a can- <clears throat> uh, that that uh, fenced-off area or a little barricaded-off area like they did last weekend with the, the food truck and the beer truck and the, the beer ambulance, um, they had a little area by one of the pavilions that had a couple of ice cream trucks or, yeah. or I'm sorry, one ice cream truck and the other was a shaved ice truck. And there might've been some like ice cream bars or something. We did prepackaged ice cream stuff. That yeah. was what they were selling. There. Yeah. We didn't go to that truck. We went to Sonny's nitro ice cream truck. Yeah. Shout out to them. This was only the second place I've ever seen. Yes. That does this. This this harkens back to our episode in Key West, mm-hmm. where we did the southernmost half. Yes, uh, last October, and it was Wicked Lick who had just been open. I don't know like a handful of days or a handful of weeks when we discovered them and we talked to the owners and got to try some of their great nitro offerings, like. And- yeah. I was gonna say, and if you're not familiar with what we're talking about, we say nitro ice cream. Instead of having uh, a, like an ice cream base and then putting that in a, in a machine that's slowly cooling it while it's churning, churning, this is basically you have your ice cream base and you're p- adding that liquid base into, well, they were using KitchenAid stand mixers. Yeah, they were. They had right like there on three the truck. set up and, and they all had different colors. So I guess you would know which one was which. Yeah. And then they are literally adding Flavor. liquid nitrogen into the mixing bowl mm-hmm. and you're getting that. It, they've got it spinning and, and turning and then it's flash freezing it. And mm-hmm. it is, they're, they're making it right there. Yeah. And they had 
vanilla, they had chocolate, they had black cherry. Yeah, vanilla, chocolate, and black cherry. And they had mango, too, but we didn't discover that until after we had ordered. ordered. You're right. Yeah, which, I mean, looked promising. But but I'm telling you, like, we got through that 5K, and the line was substantially long. Yeah. Yeah. But it was, I say, it was worth it. Oh, the uh, I'll tell you what, um, Sunny's Nitro Ice Cream, if mm. they're at an event in yep. Tampa, mm-hmm. if you're in the Tampa area, check them out. Um, they are doing, that, like I said, that ice cream, the, the base they were using was super rich. The oh, cherry so that they good. were using had, I mean, just delicious big chunks of cherry. That's Sweet. We both ended up getting the same flavor. Um, I could have had like two or three more. To oh, be yeah. With you. Yeah. So, <laughs> and to give you an idea of what they do, you, you go for your race registration, you pick up your shirt, you get your armband. You, after you run the race and you come up to the truck, they cut your armband off, and that's how you, you trade in your armband for your ice cream. Yeah. And you could purchase additional ice cream. Sure. Sure. But your race them. entry included one ice cream. Right. Right. And um, the shirts were like cotton blue shirts with the sponsors and the logo of mm-hmm. the race on Nice there. shirt. Yeah. Comfortable, soft. Yep. Changed into that after the race because, mm-hmm. again, my, my one-man war on cotton shirts oh. continues on. Yes. No cotton shirts for you or me or Not probably, during runs. Not during runs. Probably no. for anybody. Not during runs. Yeah. But the, the, the race itself, um, talk a little bit about that. Um You've been to the Tampa Beer Run before, and I would say well, yeah. that last weekend's was just very similar in terms of the feel and the the uh, the general uh, vibe that you got from the run. Talk a little bit about this one. What did you think of it? Well, the course, I thought, well, they had uh, chip timing. That was, yes. Different. That was different. The, the Tampa Beer Run, they clearly know their audience. They are not oh, yeah. doing chip timing for Nobody Tampa Beer Nobody is run. in a Tampa Beer Run for time, let me tell you. So there is no... What what do you call that like archway that they no. like a like that they set up that they no inflatable you know, those arch inflatable arch yes the inflatable arch did not was not ha- any Tampa beer run that I attended and not last week either and not no chip timing no chip timing no chip timing it's so, like you know you get a number so that people know that you're in the run to be able to get the beer I imagine yeah and this had all I expected was. The free ice cream at the end mm-hmm. and the t-shirt, you know, included the race entry fee. But they had that, the inflatable arch. They had the timing mats and they had a medal. I, which At the end, which I did not expect because none of the literature on active.com said there would be a medal. Okay, so, and, and it's a cute little medal. Yeah. Um, so you got a finisher's medal, you got your shirt, and you got a free ice cream. I mean, really, how yeah. can you go wrong there? And they had like a backdrop under the pavilion. You could take your picture with your medal and your ice cream. Mm-hmm. That was cute. And it wasn't sectioned off, like you said, because in the past, doing the Tampa Beer Run, they would have to section that off, and then that was secured. That's the wet zone. Yeah, that's like the wet. You couldn't leave with the beer here. Man, you can have the ice cream all you want anywhere. Yeah. You know, so that was great. And the area that was kind of uh, near the pavilion that they had reserved for the race had a DJ set up. And Just had, like last uh, last week. In fact, yeah. it was the same DJ from They had a chiropractor the set up for assessments, and then they had kids races. Yes. Now, that was one thing, um, of course, with the theme being Children's Hospital, 
And ice cream, of course, this race was really set up to be very family and kid friendly. Yeah. And even so we went to Sonny's Nitro ice cream truck and their mascot is a dog. And they had their dog there. And they had their dog there and it was adorable that it was just it was it was such a family friendly environment. I would say that maybe it was a smaller group of people. I- I, I can tell you from now having been there back-to-back weeks that it was not as big of a race as the Tampa Beer Run. Okay. Because not the Tampa Beer Run is like huge and, you know, the people dressed up as pirates and all that. I mean, like, it's it just seemed like a, a rowdy bunch. It seemed like a bigger bunch. Well, it's more of a party. Past. It's more of a party atmosphere. Party atmosphere, yeah. This was more <clears throat> family-focused. I mean, you had a kid's one-mile run. Yeah. And you had the baby crawl. Like that toddler diaper dash, whatever yeah, was, they would call it. They put it down like a padded mat for the ki- the kids to crawl on. Which was adorable. Super cute. So, And they had awards. Oh, now that's one thing. They actually mm-hmm. had uh, age group awards mm-hmm. and they had some really nice trophies. Yeah, like they looked like glass. They had some glass oh, ones, and then yeah. they had some big bowls. I was kind of uh, joking. I said, yeah. oh, now what they ought to do is serve your ice cream in that. Oh, I know. <laughs> I know. Or do you... Now, if you get that trophy, then do you eat ice cream out of it afterwards? I would. You would? But I would never get that because I'm not going to win my age group. No, because as your shirt all aptly says from our store on runningdrink.net... I'm not slow. I am making the most of my mace entry fee. Yes. And I made the most of it. Yes, yeah. I um, I'm <clears throat> I have the same shirt, and I think everybody should, you know, at some point have a race where you do make the mas- the most out of the race entry fee. And this is again, this part. This is a park run. You're yeah. you're not going to. You, you don't need to go and kill it. We no. were just literally uh, on the Galloway program. Your long week run is not one you're running for time anyway. No, he told me to walk it. And, you know, you did some interval work, but truthfully, we weren't in a huge hurry other than to beat the sun. Yeah, which is why. We wanted to be out of there before the sun got up and the heat started climbing. Which is why I wanted to do some interval work, honestly. You know, and also I'm trying to fill out different ratios, run, walk, run ratios. Anybody who follows the Galloway program knows you have to feel out what your ratio is going to be to get you to your time goal. Because everybody's different, tall, Mm -hmm. short. I mean, like I can. Well, you do a one to four ratio and I do a one to five. So yeah, but there's like one to two, one to three, one to one. You have to feel out what's going to support your goal best to get you to where you want to be for that race. So I'm exploring some different ratios and seeing what works for me. And one to four works for me right now. Yeah, that's been real successful for you in the past. And I like the one to five, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, especially if I'm not really trying to, I'm not going for for really big speed gains. I'm just trying to be comfortable to be able to talk if we're doing any recording. Oh, yeah. uh, Since you tend to make me talk now. so Yeah, well, you know, you've got to have, I mean... You're a it's, co-host. It's hard to banter. You are no longer a cameraman only. <sighs> okay, just accept it. All right, well, I need to negotiate a pay raise then. Mm, we'll talk. We'll talk. So, does, does he deserve a pay raise? You know, pony in, way up. <laughs> way, way in, pony up, whatever. <laughs> Let us know. Of the world untied. <laughs> Sorry. Um, <laughs> so, I mean, ultimately, this was a training run. It was a fun run. This was a great excuse for us to get back up to Tampa, 
uh, for Amy not to miss out yeah. on running around Alapez oh, wow. Park around our around the time of our anniversary, and we got to support mm. a fantastic charity. Yeah. I didn't see anybody um, that that looked like they were from. Uh, the charity that we could talk to, I was looking. I did not either. Um, but that may have just been, we just missed them in the crowd. Possibly. But um, if you are, you know, wanting to vary up your training, uh, wherever you are, you know, hop on um, active.com. Active.com, halfmarathons.net. They're uh, running in the USA. There are a lot of web resources to tell you things that are going on in your neighborhood or in your town any given weekend. Right. And, and again, social media too. It's a great way to get out and spend some time with fellow runners mm-hmm. or run walkers. Yeah. It's a great way to support charities in your community. Yeah. And it's a great way to give yourself that that extrinsic or external motivator to get out and run. Because sometimes, I mean, training runs can be tough. A lot of training runs, unless you're part of a group, like the Tulsa Galloway group is great. All the, like Ventura Galloway, all the ones that I follow on Facebook and Instagram and social media, it's great to have that social aspect Mm -hmm. of running. And I think that you can offer support to each other. But a lot of the time, running can be sometimes a solitary well, that's just, that's just it. It's a solo sport, but you do it as a group. It becomes a, a social, social yeah. event as well. So so that's, that's pretty cool. Yeah. So when you can add variety to your training, that I think can only help you. Oh, absolutely. Really? really. So. So we, I mentioned external motivators. And food? No, no, no. Food? Well, we'll get no? to the food in a second. Oh, no. There, there's a question that's, that's hanging out there. Oh. And that is the question we posed at the end of last week's episode, which is what people think about virtual races. Oh, yes. And I teased that I was going to say where I came down on it. And I think you might know based on, on what we did here, even yes. though this isn't a virtual race. I'm a fan of virtual races. Um, I look at that as... If you're going to be doing the mileage anyway, Mm -hmm. and there's a virtual race that has uh, either a shirt or bling that you really like. And also, they can support different organizations, different charities. Yep, and a lot of the virtual races do. In fact, my work hosted a virtual race for the first time this year for our Do the Right Thing program for kids. Fantastic, fantastic. That was something that we ran for a little bit, and it was pretty successful. We'll be doing it again. Um, But we... You know, I look at them as as a way to motivate me to do those training runs that I might mm-hmm. otherwise blow off. Right. Especially the long long run weekends. Like finding the local races, the virtual races can be very valuable in that way. Mm-hmm. Give you an extrin- extrinsic motivator if you're if you need that. Yep. So, and and I'm I'm not gonna lie, I like the bling. I like the, oh yeah, I like the medals. Oh, I, especially the cool the medals. Yeah. And I think that will. So kind what's of your Hold on. Whoa, whoa, oh. whoa, whoa, whoa. Oh. What's your take on them? Mine? Yeah. Well, if I'm being honest, I would say that the real extrinsic motivator is the race environment in a at a live race on race day. And it is, that is the most motivating for me. You mean the crowd? Like the crowd, the environment, the fact that you're there with fellow runners, it is, and that race environment, you know, you get a little, 
get a little burst of excitement and energy and pep from maybe like the DJ, the pre-party, all of that. But virtual races can have their place for motivation. So I like that. And I like supporting great organizations, great causes. And if they come with bling, all the better. Okay. So you do fall in the same. Yeah. Yeah. And I think. Camp is me. You know, do you want to. I think that we should extend the chance for people to weigh in and for them so we can share their feedback. I know you got a couple of responses on social media from it. Yeah, but I think that really because we're starting the Disney Virtual Race Series soon, um, June is our first yes. 5K mm-hmm. in that race series. I want to share that feedback around that episode. Okay, so... We are going to ask people to still call in. Yeah. Because what it is, folks, is that she really likes the fact that we can now do the audio call. so excited. So she wants to hear from you. I do. Can you just email? Do a little voice memo on your phone and you can attach it on email to info at runeatdrink.net. Or, you know, you could call us. You could call us and give us a little message. We would like to hear from you, and it makes her very happy. She likes she likes the, the she's a tech nerd. She doesn't let on to that so much, and she loves the fact that we now have a setup that'll let us do this. So yes, you know she'd love to get you guys to call in. Yes, if she can find the phone number. What are you? Don't give me that. I'm like working. It's nine four one. Six seven seven two seven three three, and we'll put it in the show notes. We'll put the number of the show notes. Shoot us an email to info at runeatdrink.net. Mm-hmm. Attach your little audio file and tell yeah. us where you come down on the question of um, virtual races. Or if you don't want to do an audio file or leave us a message, then write it out. We'll we'll be happy to share it. Yes, email or tweet it at us. Yeah. Run Eat Drink Pod on Twitter mm-hmm. or Run Eat Drink Podcast on Instagram or Facebook. You could message us. So think you, you think you might put up a poll or something this week on Maybe. Facebook so yeah. people can actually leave some feedback there too? Yeah, sure. That might be a good way to that. do it. Now we just, you know, we're just curious kind of where you guys. Too. Yeah. Yeah. But, you know, where do you guys fall on this in this question? Because, yeah. you know, some people think, ah, oh, you're just throwing money away. Others, you know, like us, you know, I... I I can find a reason. I can get a re- find a reason to get motivated to, to run for just about anything. But man, there's nothing better than a nice medal, right? That's what I'm saying. <laughs> so, anyway, that's the run. That is the ice cream run in Al Lopez Park. Check it out if you're going to be in Tampa. Uh, Fun Runs LLC, I believe, uh, is doing other runs in other cities. We saw some uh, something about I think a Cincinnati beer run that's coming up. Is that right? It looked like a similar logo. It might be affiliated. Um, but, you know, vary up that training. Don't get in a rut. Mm-hmm. Find a, a little race in your town or nearby. Make a day of it. Go run it. Meet some fellow runners and add some variety to your training regimen. You won't regret it. Definitely. So, can, can we talk about food now? Okay, fine. Let's talk about food. Because I'm hungry. <laughs> I'm so hungry. And listen, I know we talked about the Columbia because we had that the night before our our 
ice cream run. Yes. But and the ice cream doesn't count. The ice cream just kind of a little post race reward. We we got some phenomenal legitimate food. Last week when you were in Tampa, mm-hmm. you were driving by after Chubby's. Yeah. Um that Chubby's is in the area of town I grew up in and while I was there I just took a drive by some old areas, you know, down near where I used to play uh, little league baseball mm. down near McDill Air Force Base, which I grew up next to. I had dreams of being a F-16 fighter pilot when I was a kid, only to have them dashed when I was in high school, and I got Aww. to sit in the cockpit and realized I was too tall. Oh, height. <laughs> it's a disadvantage yeah, sometimes. it is. So uh, if, you're, if you're six foot two, um, you the, the Air Force has some bad news for you if you're looking to go into the Air Force to be a fighter pilot. You found... Big Ray's fish camp. I did, and I'll, I did, and I'll tell you how. In addition to all this nostalgia, yeah, I, I was driving down Inner Bay Boulevard, and I look over and I see this place that's got this big outdoor seating area, and I'm like, "What the heck is that?" Mm-hmm. Uh, this used to be just a little, a little store that was really tiny. And had been there forever and then closed for a long time, if, I, if memory serves me mm-hmm. right. And I look over and it's got this big patio between these two buildings with these patio lights strung and tables sitting out there. Those are nice lights. And it's called Big Ray's Fish Camp. Yeah. I didn't know anything about this place. It had totally been off my radar. I don't know exactly when it popped up um, in the years since I've moved out of Tampa. Um, but I put the question to my my siblings, my sister and my cousin. Yes. And my sister's like, I've been there. It's fantastic. Which was awesome. And then so we could ask her for recommendations from the menu. Yes. And my sister Sue came through. Yes. For the win. So um, Florida is, of course, known for fantastic seafood. Yes. And as we started doing a little more research, aside from my sister's recommendation, come to find out this place is really known for its grouper. Yeah. It's grouper sandwich, namely. Yes. Yeah, everybody online was saying, you must have it. It's the best one in the area. Oh, my gosh, you won't regret it. So you know what we did? We didn't have the grouper sandwich. <laughs> we did not have the grouper sandwich. I'm like we Ryan took, Johnson directing a Star Wars movie. We, Everything no. you're expecting me to do, I'm going to do the opposite. Oh, well, you can tell where he falls on Star Wars now, can't you? We took Sue's recommendations. Yes. So we got... The Buffalo Grouper Cheeks. So we did have grouper. Yes. We were going to have grouper when we were there. We just didn't get the sandwich. And the shrimp corn dog and the fish dip. Yeah. Well, let's let's start back at number one. We, we bought these, these items and we shared mm-hmm. um, the Buffalo yes. Grouper Cheeks. The Buffalo Grouper Cheeks, yes. For um, Grouper Cheeks are like what it sounds like, the cheek of the grouper. Mm. Um, it's this fantastic, fleshy part of the face of the fish. Um, it is tender, juicy, uh, really just some of the, the best part of the fish. I mean, all the groupers, fantastic fish regardless. And this was cooked fantastically well. Yeah, the order comes with a, basically think of it as as nuggets. Uh, they're they're, yeah. they're, they're good-sized chunks or nuggets of grouper. Mm-hmm. Uh, they battered these in a cornmeal batter. 
And that was great. That was perfectly crisp, mm. uh, stuck perfectly to the fish. You didn't have it, you know, sliding off where you had, you know, right. naked fish and a handful of the breading. And the breading stood up to the buffalo. And then they sauce. toss those the, after they bread them and fry them, they toss yeah. them in this buffalo sauce and they didn't go crazy. Um, no, it wasn't dripping. It wasn't I don't dripping, think it was dripping. And it was, it wasn't too spicy. Right. So you could, t- you could taste the fish, you could taste the corn, Flavor and you got the crunch of the cornmeal, mm-hmm. and it was dust like it was. They were topped with some scallions, also. Yeah, right? um, scallions or diced green onion or yeah, chopped green onion. Chopped green onions and then blue cheese dressing. Blue cheese on dip the on the side. side. Yeah, that was delightful. Yeah, and this would give you an order of about ten. So if you were doing it's good that, to split. If, if you're good to split as an appetizer, mm-hmm. or if you got the basket that came with fries, sure, or coleslaw, coleslaw. So we just got the actual cheeks themselves and uh, fantastic. Yeah, because we wanted to try a couple of other things. And then the second thing. This was Sue's number one recommendation. And she did not steer us wrong. She did not. Now they have two different corn dog offerings. And this this shrimp corn dog was on the special board. Mm-hmm. And... There's also a lobster corn dog, which I am extremely interested to go back and try. Yeah. So if you're picturing what it sounds like. It's corn It's corn dog. It looks like corn dog. Two of them come in an order. Yep. Two it's skewers. It's an appetizer starter type of portion. But, and the skewer, it has the breading that looks like a corn dog. It's not the same. There's a corn flavor to that breading, but I don't think it's it's not the same cornmeal texture no. as the grouper cheeks. No, this it, to, the best way to describe this would be like they took um, a cornmeal batter mm-hmm. and added beer to it. That'd be yeah. the best way I could describe it. It's it was it's, fluffy. It's a little bit fluffy like a beer batter, yeah. but it had a slight sweetness mm-hmm. and the yellow color that mm-hmm. you would get from a normal cornmeal batter. So it's not as thick or as dense right. as a, a traditional corn dog batter, but it did have some of that flavor. Yes, it was thinner. And much crispier. But let me tell you about the shrimp inside. Yeah, so basically the skewer had what three, three maybe four shrimp. I wa- I, they they were huge. They there, were I huge. think there were three huge shrimp, and they were meaty. They were not a fishy tasting at all. It was they weren't chewy. Not overcooked. That was the magic. Not overly cooked. Yeah. I always get scared of fried shrimp because mm. there's a sweet spot. It's kind of mm-hmm. like cooking pork. Yeah. If you you, you it's like. Undercooked, 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 perfect, boom, you ruined it. Mm-hmm. And this was perfect. <laughs> and this was spot on. Not chewy. It was not fishy tasting. It was the perfect kind of taste of the ocean. Mm-hmm. Good way to put it. And it came with a mustard, uh, honey, mustard. honey mustard sauce, but it was not overly sweet that that dipping sauce was not overly mustardy. Mm-mm. It wasn't really super tangy. So no. I don't know what kind of mustard that, that might have been made with, but I don't think it was a really tangy or strong flavored mustard. No, and it had smooth consistency. Mm-hmm. It wasn't like a, a coarse ground no, no. mustard. It was it was the it was perfect. Yeah. I mean corn and shrimp 
go hand in hand anyway. So if you're talking about whether it's cornmeal breading, shrimp and grits, Mm. this type of a batter that was the cornmeal batter, like a beer batter, um, and then that there's a slight sweetness and a Mm -hmm. slight tang from Mm. that from that uh, honey mustard. Yes, it was good. Fantastic. It was good, but so was the fish dip. And the fish dip was an unexpected star of the show for me. You love fish dip. You love a good fish dip. If you live here in Florida, um, traditional fish dip or smoked fish dip is a very Florida thing. Mm-hmm. Um, fish or fish houses all over the state make their version of it. And typically the standard fish dip is the same thing it, with minor differences of the type of fish used mm-hmm. or maybe, you know, do you add celery? Do you add onion? Whatever the case may be. This was a combination of mahi-mahi and amberjack as far as the fish goes. Mm-hmm. The, the best way I could describe it is, you know, you have um, the, the fish meat itself, but instead of a mayonnaise base, which is typical of most fish dips, right. they went with an oil base. And the fish is smoked, yes. topped with paprika. Mm-hmm. Um, it just had a f- phenomenal flavor. Uh, the texture was great. It was, it, th- this was a much more finely chopped fish dip than what you'll often get. Some places leave it a little more, uh, a little more flaky, almost chunky. But this this was, was much smooth. more fine. This was smooth. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then they didn't oversmoke it. No, I didn't get like. Oh my gosh, this is smoky flavor and that's all I can taste. Again, that's that's hard to do. A mm. little bit of that the peppery flavor from what from um the spice on top. Yeah, the paprika. Paprika. It was a smoother texture and that oil base just made it different and I think the saltines that it came with that's it. That's the standard way that's to present a, that's them. That's the standard way, and you know sometimes the traditional way they'll sometimes different places will vary it up. But I think that the saltine was a little bit salty, but it was nice in terms of with the bite. Just brought out all the flavors in the fish. Oh yeah, yeah. And it was good enough that you know I was scraping it off the the. Everything comes in uh, in paper trays, and I was mm-hmm. scraping it off the paper tray with, with saltines, and there Eating was nothing. Eating the lettuce that it came on the bed of lettuce. Yeah, yeah, uh, served on a little bit of uh, chopped romaine. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, again, fantastic fish dip. If you like a smoked fish dip, it's mahi and amberjack. A lot of places in southern Florida especially use mullet. Yeah, like smoked mullet, something. And a lot of uh, you know native Floridians like myself will eat that up. Some people are like, eh, I don't know if I want to eat mullet. Trust me, if you can ever get a, find a place doing good smoked mullet, it's fantastic. But um, Big Ray's is doing it their way, which is mahi and amberjack. Yeah. Give it a shot. It is so good. Yeah. Well, before we go on, I'm going to take a minute to tell you all about our friends at Pure Creative Apparel. Anybody can silkscreen a shirt. Look, we know it's true. I, I did it as a project in high school. But the team at Pure Creative Apparel is really much more than that. They will take you through the entire process to create your custom items, 
right from the very beginning with the design of your artwork or company logo, then create mock-ups to show you what the finished product will look like and help you select just the right high-quality name brand clothing or other merchandise on which you're going to place your artwork or your logo, and then they'll get you your items fast. Or if you're not looking to get into the whole online sales thing and you don't want to worry about inventory, packaging, shipping, and all of that, Pure Creative Apparel has a complete e-commerce package available. So whether you're a school, church, or club needing just a few shirts for a special event or a company looking for a complete branding package, Pure Creative Apparel can help. Find out how by going to purecreativeapparel.com. And we really thank them for their support of the Run, Eat, Drink podcast. I'm thirsty. Well, I have just the thing from... 8-1 Bay Brewing. I'm thirsty for some beer talk. It's a beer chat. <laughs> yeah. You know, I mean, we do a, a lot of beer on the podcast. Well, it was a heat index of 104, 105. We, I can think of no better excuse for beer. We needed refreshment. And we found it. Yes. We found it at a place called 8-1 Bay Brewing. Yes. And again, another place that was right down the street from where I grew up. And the it, it's kind of like revitalized that little plaza. Yeah, there's a, a, a plaza at the intersection of Manhattan Avenue and Gandhi Boulevard. And in the back of this plaza, there used to be a, a there was a, a large building that used to be a, um, a department store. And it sat for years empty. And then over the last several years, things have been moving in. And one of the things that moved in as they've divided up the space is 8-1 Bay Brewing. Mm -hmm. And that is their um, tap room as well as their brewery that they use for statewide distribution. That space is huge. Yeah, it's enormous. It's huge. It has an event room in it with artwork from local artists and their links next to the, the artwork to be able to purchase it which I think is great. And they had a market, like a, a farmer's market, flea market type of thing going on inside of the brewery when we were there. Yep. The fourth Saturday of every month, they do their 8-1 Bay market. They have a food truck mm-hmm. and then they have uh, these vendors come out. And it's like, like you said, like a farmer's market or an artist's market, mm-hmm. uh, crafts, that type of thing. Yeah. And they had like hot sauces, I think, for sale. Mm-hmm. Um, all sorts of stuff, but the whole environment, I mean, there was plenty of seating. The place is huge. And I also like, since we're, we've already referenced nostalgia in the episode (laughs) is that when we walked in and I looked to the right, I saw a gigantic screen and it was set up. You know what I love? It was Frogger. Yeah. They have a big, um, uh, like a, older style arcade cabinet, but then it's connected to a projector. And yes. the, the thing was had to be you know, 10 feet in right. diameter. And you know the whole wall is the screen, so she yeah. got to play some Frogger while I having a beer. Frogger while having a beer. But then the opposite wall 
was just was also set up and it it had an image projected on it like it was under the sea. Yeah, the whole motif in there is kind of like you were looking out at the ocean from inside of a shark's mouth. It was kind of cool. Yeah. And and the 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 part that was uh if you were peering out from from between the sets of teeth in the shark's mouth that was the part that was being projected and had on animations wall. on the wall. It was really cool yeah. the way they did it. And they had a huge stage set up right in front of that display, for in front of that projected image for music or comedy or what, whatever live venue. Mm-hmm. And then, of course, they have the actual brewery mm-hmm. in there as well, like the, the yes. tanks and everything you can see. Yeah. They're kind of in the back and separated from the seating area, but... Yeah. It's all one huge space that's just kind of subdivided. And they had a pretty good size bar as well. Oh yeah, the bar was huge with a chalkboard set up and some and a sizable tap list. I want to say draft. that I didn't count them while we were sitting there, but like they had 10? easily. Uh, I would probably say it's even more than that. I'm just look at the photos that we know. took here. You know, you got four, eight, eleven. Uh, oh, there's uh, more. about about sixteen or seventeen taps yeah, easily that um, are just such a variety of things that they're doing. Yes, and I believe that they had uh, original sin uh, as a cider. guest tap that was yeah. their bla- the blackberry cider, and mm-hmm. they also had a non-alcoholic elderflower kombucha. So they, yes. they, those were the two offerings that they had that were not theirs. Everything else they brew. Yeah. So that, I mean, and the names of some of them were really unique. Unique names and unique flavor combinations. Unexpected. We each did a flight. Yes. Four. They offered flights of four. Yeah. Four. uh, You get a flight of four beers for, or four tasters for $10. 10 bucks. Yeah. So it's a great, great price. Mm Mm-hmm. And it gave you a chance to try some of some of the most, I would say some of the most unique beers we've had all year. Yeah. Yeah. And I would definitely return. Oh, absolutely. Based on what we're about to tell you. Yeah. So in addition to the vibe. And we each did a flight Mm -hmm. and we each, we made a conscious choice not to overlap this time. We tried really hard. So I've got my four. She's got her four. Yes. And we're going to give you what we tried and our impressions of each one. So ladies first. Oh, ladies first. Well, I had one that's called Here Plums the Sun. Here Plums the Sun, which was 5% ABV. And I'm telling you, it looks like, I don't like a fuchsia pink. And it had plum, coffee, cinnamon, vanilla, lactose. And it's branded as a sour ale. Yep. So five percent ABV, five percent, five percent, and and when you I read that one, I'm like, that sounds so weird. Like I don't think it's gonna work. I think we're gonna go and like pucker, or be like, yeah, plum and coffee don't go together. But strangely, no one flavor overpowered the others, and they all worked well together. And they worked well together. It was you got coffee on the nose. It didn't taste like it smelled. That's true. It was kind of strange. It, it didn't taste like it smelled, and it, the color made you think it was going to be all fruit. Yeah, like tropically fruity yeah. kind of color. But you got, and you got like 
coffee bean in the flavor, but you also got the tart plum, or that could have been from the lactose, I don't know. A little bit of vanilla, but really the cinnamon and the coffee played off so well from the plum that it, I mean, and as it, you get more plum, the warmer that beer is, the more it sits. So. Now, would you, would you get a whole pint of this? I would. Okay. And you're not normally a sour person. No, I don't know what's happening to me, but I would totally get a whole pint. I th- I think that it's kind of easy drinking, nice on a hot day, mm-hmm. and it's not overly, the pucker factor is not intense. No, this this one didn't really knock my socks off with Because I let sour. him try some, yeah. So you were very nice to me. Yeah, we shared. <laughs> All right, so that's your first one. Yes. My first one was a beer called Thomas Hefferson. And... <laughs> That is spelled H-E-F-F-E-R-S-O-N. So, yes, this is a Hefeweizen. This one clocked in at 6.1% ABV, so a little bit higher. It was a deep golden color but had a cloudy appearance. Um, Like many Hefes, this gave you notes of banana and clove, but this had a lingering breadiness to it, which uh, was just really, really appealing to me. And one thing that I really liked about this was that if you buy a pint, a dollar from each pint sold benefits the WHAYS Foundation, the Ways Foundation, which assists homeless veterans. And this was a yes. what I'd call a light to medium bodied heifer. That that Ways Foundation, that is we honor and appreciate your service. Yeah. That's what it stands for. And I just thought that was super cool. And they had their their chalkboard signage up there. It was very patriotic with an eagle and an American flag. And mm-hmm. yeah, it was it was just a nice nice presentation. That one jumped out at me. I said, shoot, why not? And uh, I didn't regret it. I mean, I, I like a good Hefeweizen, and this was right up there. I would absolutely go for another one of those. You would? I'd do a whole pint of that. Really? Well, a, a good Hefeweizen. I like that. I because it's kind of citrusy and easy to drink. Yeah, and there was not any bitterness to this one. And I was craving a lot of that. I think that that factored into the choices I made in my four. Because the 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 next one that I had the the one that it, it was also kind of pink in color. And it was a little bit cloudier. It was a little bit cloudier than the last one that I had. It was called the Market Spiked Punch. And it was a tropical pale ale at 5.6%. And when they had it up on the list, on the tap list, they had a picture of the Kool-Aid guy, the Kool-Aid man. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. You even but, said it on the on the sign. Oh, yeah. 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 And it was really, it was like, I don't, an adult tropical punch. This looked like a cloudy red Kool Aid. Yes, that's yeah. the best way it's to Kool-Aid. describe it. It's like Kool Aid, and that is what it tasted like. That is what it tasted like. I had what it it was sour, but it wasn't too sour. But it also didn't have like it wasn't like it was sweetened. 
No, so not overly sweet. sweet. It wasn't like syrupy. It wasn't really thick. It had like a medium carbonation. So, yeah, an adult Kool Aid punch. Can't go wrong there. Can't go wrong. Well, my next one was uh, kind of an oddball for me. Um, I don't tend to go for fruit beers, but I couldn't resist because. Um, I thought the name was catchy, and I happen to like peach. This is called Tangled Up in Brew. This is a mm. 5% ABV lychee or lychee and white peach blonde ale. Uh, best way I could describe this would be a slightly cloudy, dark golden ale. Very mild carbonation. Uh, oh. This one was a little bit on the sweet side, and to me, the peach really came through. More so than the lychee or the lychee. I'm going to really, go with lychee. I didn't even really taste that. I tasted the peach. Yeah. When you let me try it. Because the only other lychee-flavored thing I've had is a lychee soda from uh, World of Coca-Cola. And if that were my only exposure to lychee, I would say that I'm not a fan of lychee. So it was not good, huh? Uh, well, uh, this beer was fantastic, but that soda was awful. The soda was awful. <laughs> it's from another country, and I don't ever have to eat it or drink it again. That's true. So, But this one, uh, the Tangled Up in Brew... Again, uh, slightly sweet peach flavor. I, I, it was really great on a hot day. And again, 104, 105 heat index. Um, you know, most of the beers that I picked today were, you know, five to six. Although mm-hmm. the 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 uh, last one I'm going to finish off with a was high. a little high. But um, yeah, that was just super drinkable, really pleasant, and. Not so sweet to be like a, a sweeter cider or mm. um, uh, what do you call them? A lambic. Nothing like that. Oh, yeah. Um, Those are really kind of sweet. Yeah, there was no, nothing cloying about this, but it was yeah. very pleasant. Yeah. Well, I kind of, I, I wanted to vary up the flight a little. So I did go with a darker beer in my next choice with the coffee porter, which is 6% AVD. And it was a, a partnership with Lucky Goat Coffee. I believe that's a local uh, roastery. I don't know. I don't because it didn't really say it on the board, but it was dark. Like you could not see through that. It had um, like a, a light light head on it. It's a Florida roastery out of Tallahassee, Florida. So look, somewhat local, keeping it in the state. Yeah. So they. It was more heavily carbonated than other maybe coffee-type beers that I've had, coffee porters that I've had. It smelled like coffee beans. It tasted it did. like coffee beans. and But it wasn't bitter. I would say that was probably one of the most coffee-flavored and coffee... Um, Legit. Le- yeah, just everything about that screamed coffee mm-hmm. That uh, of many of the coffee... F- um, stouts or porters that you've had before. Yeah, it w- it was a medium body, so it wasn't really thick, wasn't syrupy, wasn't like that. It was just nice. Nice. And I would get a whole pint of that. I don't know if I would get a whole pint of it on a summer day, like we were, we were commenting the higher temperatures. Yeah. But it was nice to try because I always want to compare different coffee porters. So I, I liked it a lot. 
Well, I would say if that was a coffee stout, you might have felt it was a little too heavy for the for the weather. Porters tend to maybe. be a lighter body. Yeah, maybe. So. so it was just the right amount to give me a, a taste of it to see how their coffee porter was. And it was good enough for you to get a whole pint next time. I would. Okay. I would. Well, I also went a little darker in my next one, or my third selection out of my four. And yeah. I went with the Real Slow Irish Red. This is a real S-L-O, slow Irish red, 5.5% uh, ABV. And I wrote down in my notes, very deep red. It was really red. Really red. Really red, really dark, um, very mild carbonation, very smooth. Um, this had notes of toasted malt on the very beginning uh, with a bitterness on the back of the tongue at the end. And I called this a medium body. I mean, mm -hmm. this was this was the most substantial of the three beers that I had had to that point. Mm. Uh, but very drinkable. Just a, I mean, if, if you like Irish reds, I don't think that you'd be you'd be disappointed with this one at all. Yeah, and I love an Irish red, and that was that was really good. And a lot of, depending on the brewery, sometimes you'll get some that that are a little, um, a little too hopped, and you get yeah. too much bitterness on them. Yeah. For for my taste, anyway, this was not this this left the bitterness. You didn't get the bitterness till after you swallowed. Okay. And then it was just kind of hanging out like in the back, a, like an aftertaste, almost like an aftertaste in the back of your the, like the back of your tongue. Yeah. But, um, would you get a whole pint? I, absolutely. I can say without a doubt, I would get a whole pint of all three of those. So and far. I'll tell you about my fourth one in just a second. Well, the last one I have, Gazumba. Gazumba. G U Z U M B A. So, like, yeah. Like Zumba, but not. And it was by far. The highest ABV at eight and a half percent, and it's a, marketed as a sweet stout, a sweet stout, and it was really dark, and it was a little bit thicker mm -hmm. than say the coffee porter that I had just come from, and you know what I liked about our bartender is she when she brought me the flight, she's like you should, she numbered them. Here's the order you might want to consider Here's the order you, these in. So that your palate isn't going like, what? Oh, my gosh. So that was really nice. Yeah, I she like knew her that. stuff. Yeah, I like that. So this one, this had a thicker body. I got brown sugar and coffee notes, vanilla and caramel, and it was a medium carbonation. And it was like, it was a nice little kind of dessert-esque and apparently it was made with cocoa nibs. Well, I mean, you look at the the, sign, the signage for it, even talks about it. Aged, Aged cocoa, cocoa nibs, nibs, Jamaican coffee, vanilla, vanilla and caramel. caramel. And it is a lactose beer. So you're talking about a milk stout. Mm -hmm. So so sweet. It was sweet. It was not bitter, not hoppy. It, um, it was a nice little dessert. Like, you know how... We used to go and get like beer shakes. Nice guys, at pizza. nice guys pizza. Used to do beer shakes with yeah. uh, certain craft beers like uh, Sam Smith's uh, organic chocolate Stout. style yeah. or some others that mm -hmm. they would get in. Yeah, and they would they actually used to get a custom made Tahitian vanilla bean ice cream just oh, for nice man. guys, and they would make milkshakes out of that. It's fantastic. Yeah. I feel like this could be a good contender for something like that. Oh yeah, that'd be perfect for sure. So I might. 
it, it might be a dessert for me. I might not get a whole pint of it. Or maybe I would get a short pour. Okay. You know? Okay. Like kind of like the the samplers in the set that we had. That size. Okay. Well, so, I think that uh, I'm, I'm right in line with you. <laughs> yeah. My fourth and final selection from the brewery is the Randy Marshmallow. Eight and a half percent ABV peanut butter marshmallow stout. Mm. So this is basically a glass of fluffernutter <laughs> in a stout. And what can I say? Very dark, completely opaque. I held this up to the door when the door was open and we had the midday sun beaming in. Not a bit of light passing through this thing. Super strong notes of peanut butter and... This was a peanut butter flavor that is probably one of two that I've ever had that I didn't hate. Yeah, you're hard to please. And I would say that of all the ones that we've tried in the past, you have said it's like an artificial flavor. Something about, I don't know. And I don't know that the breweries are using an artificial flavor. No, not, not necessarily. It is just, uh, for some reason, peanut butter, like chocolate peanut butter porters or stouts, mm-hmm. it's hard to find one that I like where the peanut butter doesn't come off as tasting like a peanut extract. Yeah. So I'm, I'm, and if it tastes like that, I'm like, bleh. <laughs> Here, take but this, this was back. not that. No. Um, but really strong notes of peanut butter, sweetness of marshmallow, and toasted malts. And this was eight and a half percent. Eight and a half percent. Moderately sweet at the beginning with a bitter finish. And I think that might have been the secret there was that they weren't going for that cloyingly sweet. Uh, this was not as sweet as yours. Yeah, uh, mine and was yours sweeter. was not. Yours was not over oppressively sweeter. It wasn't. No, but I feel like it had more of a brown sugar flavor than this. Yes. Had. Yes. And that's from the caramel. Yeah. But they, um, in mine, just really great execution on the peanut flavor. Very heavy body. Did you get a whole lot of marshmallow? Um, more of a, almost on the nose. Okay. I mean, almost more of the essence of marshmallow. Like they waved a marshmallow by it during oh. the brewing process. Okay. Um, <laughs> the or, or maybe maybe the brewers are eating marshmallows while brewing. I don't Perhaps. know, but it, it, that was very gentle. So you didn't have anything in there that was tasting fake or forced, which was yeah. good. Good. Um, because of the heavy body and the high alcohol content and the slight sweetness to it, I'm with you. I'd probably go with a short pour on this one. Yeah. Not because it's not awesome, but no. because it's very heavy. Or it could be a lovely dessert. Uh, this this is a dessert beer. Yeah. You're, you're not starting your night with this. Yeah. This is Because if your you're ending. starting your night with this or your afternoon with this, you're not eating lunch or you're not eating dinner. And you're not you're driving. And you're definitely not driving. <laughs> so... So those were the eight selections that we we tried and yeah. sampled for you um, yeah. out of the, like I said, it's three, six, nine, twelve in this photo, 13, 15, 17. It's a lot. Nine, I'm seeing 19. Yeah. 19 taps here. And that's not counting the, uh, the, I don't know, wait. And we didn't try an IPA, you know? No, we didn't. Um, we didn't try an IPA this go round. Yeah, but they had them. Oh yeah, they have a couple of IPA they offerings um, there, and really, I think they're uh, two that they're really known for, at least in the Tampa Bay area, being their Lightning Lager and their Fort Brook Blonde, which we have had in the past at yeah. other places. So, yeah, Eight um, One Bay Brewing, check them out. They are 
definitely worth your time if or you're if traveling you to the Tampa Bay area. Or if you see them on a tap list. And if they're on a tap list, these guys are doing just some really unique flavors. We're going to have pictures of their uh, of some stuff from inside the sure. tap room, including yeah. the beers that they had. And check out this beer list. It's just off the wall. Um, these guys are mad scientists. Yeah. And their experiments are really paying off. They are. I would go back. And they had a running club also. Did you know? Yes. They mentioned when we were talking to the bartender, she said that they have a running club that does what's called plogging. Plogging. P did you know about plogging? That's what I was going to say. <laughs> did not. Uh, P-L-O-G-G-I-N-G, which is basically running and picking up after other people and actually picking up garbage. And they actually have a plogging club. And um, when they hit certain targets of pounds Wait. of garbage collected yes. they have celebratory parties there at the brewery which is awesome so we're going to try to maybe hook up with them and try to make one of the plogging events yes and cover what they're doing because this brewery like many other breweries we run we run into they're trying to give back to the community right in many ways not just the uh, the dollars they raise for ways or but also through their running club, which Su seems to be, cool. yeah, which seems to be a theme, like you said. Mm -hmm. Good so, trip. Good yeah, trip. Good trip. Great. Um, not, to, not too bad for a training week. Yeah, a little last minute thing that really paid off in the running experience and to have that done in the, uh, oh gosh, in the fantastic seafood we had and at 8-1. Uh, Bay Brewing. Yes. So um, we still have another um, almost two weeks of training. Yeah. So for the next couple of episodes, we'll be doing some different training runs and varying it mm -hmm. up for you guys. Um, but our next travel, quote unquote travel run, is going to be one of our, the first of our virtual 5K series. Yay. So that's going to be coming soon. So exciting. I am too. That's going to be very cool. We're going to um, pick some awesome destinations for you. We are going to do, since this is a Disney series, we are going to, to try to do these three at or around Disney in the if we can. greater Orlando area. Yeah. So we'll uh, have some locations chosen uh, very carefully for you so that we can show you some things that, um, if not off the beaten path, things that you might not know are there. Right, right. Or unexpected finds. Yeah. Yeah. Because there is a lot to check out up there. So just a reminder, let us know what your feeling is about virtual races, maybe virtual races you've done that have been really great, that might be around for other runners to take advantage of, uh, a great, great experience you had. Or if you're not really feeling that kind of virtual race vibe, why? What yeah. is your take on it? Yeah, we'd be curious. Yes. Info at runeatdrink.net. That's info at runeatdrink.net. Or 941-677-2733. And we'll be, we will be hitting you all up throughout the week mm -hmm. and remind asking you to please send us your thoughts. Or participate in the polls when we throw them up there on Instagram and Facebook. There you go. Too. So... So, for okay. this week, yeah. Well, tell everybody where they can find us. Yeah, for this week, you know, you can find us on Instagram and Facebook at Runny Drink Podcast and on Twitter at Runny Drink Pod. 
And our website, of course, at runeatdrink.net. Check us out. Head over there. Check out all the episodes of the show. Support the show by going over to the store and picking up a koozie or a coaster or shirt. a shirt. Pair of shorts. You know, rock some swag. That helps keep the lights on, pay yeah. for bandwidth, and you know, puts gas in the car so we can go on these little road trips. And if you do get any of our swag from the store, please send us a picture. Yeah, we love seeing people wearing Run, Eat, Drink swag. Or post it and tag us. And that stuff is provided to us um, by the or designed by the folks at Pure Creative Apparel. They helped us uh, pick out the or do the logo design and pick out the high quality merchandise that that stuff is on. So great. it is great, great stuff and they're great people. Yeah. And we thank them so much for supporting our show. We really do. Yeah. So for now, good luck on your upcoming races and your training runs. And we're glad to be along with you on your commute to work or on your run. And we hope you have a great one. And we appreciate you listening very much. And we will be talking with you throughout the week on social. So we'll see you on all the social things. Yeah. Have a great week, everyone. Talk to you soon. Bye. Thanks for listening to this week's episode of the Run, Eat, Drink podcast. We're having a great second year thanks to your support. Don't forget to follow us on Facebook and Instagram at Run, Eat, Drink podcast. And on Twitter, we're at Run, Eat, Drink pod. Visit our website at runeatdrink.net so you can click on the iTunes link and subscribe so you won't miss a minute where we accomplish, explore, and indulge. Come along with us. See you next time.